Choices and Champions. It's right there in the title. Everyone could benefit from having the confidence in knowing that their choices for end-of-life care are heard, understood, and respected, as well as benefit from a champion in their corner on the journey. Adam Kuntz of Novant Health joins us to delve into the topic of advanced care planning. Well, folks, we are excited today to bring you some really resourceful information, I think, in anyone's healthcare journey. Um, it's a topic that deserves a lot of thought. It's a topic that will require some planning and some crucial conversations, but I think it's one that deserves your attention. So with us today is Adam Kuntz, Director of Advanced Care Planning at Novant Health. And Adam is going to guide us through what advanced care planning is really and why it's so important. So Adam, I'll let you take it away. Thanks, Brandy. Um, great, great to be with you to talk about this. Um, when we talk about advanced care planning, um, I may by default use, use the words choices and champions um, at times because that's um, the, the transformation that we launched um, a little over five years ago within Novant Health uh, around advanced care planning um, and really about knowing and honoring our patients' wishes um, all through their healthcare journey, um, particularly up to and including the end of life. And so if we break that down, just even looking at the title, choices and champions, uh, in a nutshell, it's really about identifying that patients trust to speak for them, that know their wishes, that know them well and can represent them and serve as a partner for them. That really is a way of allowing the patient to continue to have a voice and a say and control in the care that they get all throughout their healthcare journey, even when they're not able to speak for themselves. And then on the choices side, it's about understanding what the patient values, what's important to them, uh, and allowing us to offer the medical care uh, that they would want to receive from us. And so th this can include a, a variety of things, and, and we'll touch on kind of each, each layer of that. But when we talk about advanced care planning, I think it's important for me to pause for a minute that when a lot of people hear those words, some people have no real exposure to it, and some people um, have an idea of what it is. And I also think it's important to recognize that it's been an evolving concept over the last several years at Novant Health, but also nationally and even internationally. You struck a chord with me as you sort of broke that down in terms of what myths might be out there related to advanced care planning. You know, I'm thinking, are, is it my will? I mean, you know, that's the first thing I think about when I, I consider being in a position where I can't speak for myself and having someone, you know, advocate for me. So, you know, what, what exactly is it? That's a, that's a great question, Brandy. And, and there are a lot of myths and different understandings. And so when we're talking about advanced care planning, when I'm talking about advanced care planning and choices and champions today, what we're really talking about is focused on healthcare choices. And so advanced care planning can include legal documents. 
such as a healthcare power of attorney or a living will. Okay. Uh, there are other legal documents, certainly like your last will and testament um, and estate planning in regards to what happens to your house, your property, your finances, those types of things. Uh, equally important, uh, but what we're talking about today within the scope is specific to healthcare choices and, and the, the decisions that we make uh, regarding the medical treatment that you receive. Okay, that's, that's a great clarification. Um, you know, I, I also wonder, thinking about different generations um, as, as healthcare continues to evolve and, you know, knowing that we are obligated to meet the needs of everyone, can you maybe compare and contrast sort of the old way of thinking and my think about this type of preparation versus the new way of thinking and how maybe, um, you know, a millennial patient may think about this type of preparation. Yeah, I, I think, Brandy, that's, that's certainly true that um, advanced care planning has evolved over the years and continues to. Um, so depending on uh, when listeners hear this, it may even have evolved even more from where I'm where I'm at today, there's there's a lot of movement in this space going on um, all across the country. Uh, but historically speaking, uh, advanced care planning for several decades um, has really focused on documenting, completing a legal document to voice what you don't want when you're dying. Um, so things like, I, I don't want CPR or I do want CPR cardiopulmonary resuscitation. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be on a breathing machine. I do or don't want dialysis, you know, to replace my kidneys. So what are the things I don't want? Um, and, and that can be really helpful to know what a patient doesn't want. But when we talk about knowing and honoring patients' wishes, the transition that we're making is we really want to know what patients do want while they're living. Because advanced care planning, as we look at it, has a potential to impact a patient many times well before the end of their life, right? you know, or when, when they're near death. And so we start that conversation, you know, as early as the age of 18, kind of starting to say, identify who you'd want to speak for you and what matters to you. What does a good day look like for you? What are your values? Because there are a lot of choices throughout the medical journey um, that may not have anything to do with your death but we may be able to offer different options depending on who you are as a person and what matters to you. And so we've really shifted that focus to how do you live and, and what's meaningful to you and less so about specific treatments of yes, no, do I want this or that? Okay, that's, that's a great point. Um, Adam, can you give us an example of, you know, maybe a situation or an instance where a patient was unaware of um, advanced care planning and, um, you know, saw the benefits and decided that, you know, this was a process that they wanted to initiate for themselves and, and perhaps the outcome? I think, um, you know, when you mentioned that, uh, there's uh, over the course of the last 12 years, I've been working with a lot of patients. So there's a lot of patients you know, that come to mind when I think about this. And one of the things that, that often comes um, kind of as a shock to patients is 
we often, when we think about advanced care planning, it feels too early mm-hmm. to think about this or have these conversations. Right. Um, I, the, the, I can think about that later on down the road um, because we like to see ourselves as healthy um, and, and that, that death is somewhere in the distant future. And so a lot of patients, when I sit down to talk with them, if a, a serious illness or sudden medical event has come up or they know even it's, it's not necessarily a serious thing, but they know they're going under anesthesia and may spend a day and a half um, sedated and unable to speak for themselves. Right. Suddenly realize, oh, well, that means someone else has to speak for me. And one of the things that often can come as the biggest surprise, you know, I think of a patient and kind of sitting down with them and talking to them about the North Carolina statute that tells us who will decide if you haven't named someone in a legal document. Um, and just about every state has a, a, a list, a hierarchy that tells us who to turn to as a healthcare system um, if you haven't decided. And it varies a little bit from state to state. Uh, but it starts with people that are named in a legal document and then goes down various levels of blood relatives. Uh, and then in some states gets to anyone who knows you. But for some people, uh, they start to realize, oh, well, the person that the state statute says would speak for me is definitely not the person that I would want to speak for me. Mm. Um, and so I think of one patient uh, who the, the person that the state statute would say would speak for him would have been his wife. And it wasn't that he didn't like his wife. <laughs> uh, they, they were happily married. Uh, but but they had never really had a lot of conversations about that. And when they had talked about things like this, she had made it pretty clear to him that she could acknowledge within herself that she probably would not be emotionally at a place that she could honor the things that he would probably want in those situations, Um, that she wasn't sure she could make those decisions at that time. And that was pretty clear to him. And so he certainly wanted his brother, who he felt had a better healthcare knowledge, um, perhaps a, the ability to detach emotionally a little bit from the situation and remember what it was this patient would want mm-hmm. and, and put those wishes in play. And so for him, he was able to then go through that process with his brother helping guide it. And it allowed his wife to really focus on being his wife and being there to love him and support him right. um, without having to worry about focusing on those decisions. And so for him, that's what made sense. You know, for someone else, it may very much make sense for their spouse. You know, I, I've worked in this for 12 years. My wife has probably had more conversations about what my values and preferences in my healthcare journey would be uh, than she would probably like, but she's very equipped to have these conversations at this point because of that. So it's, it's about finding the right person for each individual that can reflect their values and speak. Yeah, that, that's a great call out. And I appreciate you using that example. You know, it's, it's surprising sometimes when you, when you have to think about this person, your designee who is going to be making life or death decisions for you, um, and, you know, it, it, it may not necessarily be the person that everyone would think. So thank you for that example. That was a great call out. Thanks to Adam for making the case for advanced care planning. 
It starts with a conversation that can impact so many aspects of your health and your life. We'll hear more from Adam on this topic on the next couple of episodes, so stay tuned. Thank you for listening to Patients as Partners and all of the other Novant Health podcasts. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, or anywhere you choose to listen to us. Until next time, I'm Brandi Edwards. Thank you.